Welcome to Aquifer's Educator Connection Podcast. I'm your host, Lynn Robbins. Today I'm speaking with Dr. Jamie Bowman about how she uses Aquifer cases for remediation and targeted learning support. We'll be discussing how she creates flexible pathways to graduation for students returning from leaves of absence or maybe overcoming a variety of challenges that affect their learning trajectories. Dr. Bowman is the Clinical Education Director of Family Medicine at Washington State University's Elson S. Floyd College of Medicine. Jamie, thanks so much for taking the time to speak with me this morning. Absolutely, my pleasure. Thank you, Lynn. I'm just really intrigued because I love this idea of creating, it sounded to me like, individual development plans. Would that be a fair statement? Yes, that's exactly. We call them targeted skills development, and they are very individualized for each student's circumstances and needs. I'm curious, what types of students you find need this kind of individualized support? It varies a little bit. The remediation piece or the targeted skills development piece that we most frequently use Aquifer for are in the clinical years and the clinical experiences. So the majority of those students then are in their third or fourth year and have stumbles either because of gaps in their skill development or personal life experiences that interrupt their trajectory of learning. So I have utilized this approach for students of a wide variety of backgrounds. Um, We've used them for students who have had leaves of absence for health needs or because they recently had a baby in their family or had a parent or a loved one who needed care, as well as students who have had impacts in their life that meant that it was harder for them to get skills fully developed or to work on particular areas. Um, And there have also been a handful of students who have just had some stumbling all along with their medical knowledge formation or their test taking, and then it shows up as a lack of confidence or a challenge in the clinical years. Could you give me an example? So the first student who um, I had the opportunity to work with was coming out of a year-long leave of absence. She had um, taken that leave of absence in order to complete some additional research opportunities. And returning back to the clinical environment, um, we quickly recognized that we needed to assess where her competencies were sitting and Mm. figure out what gaps there were so that she could enter alongside this new peer group and not be seen as different than them to be able to really come in with the same footing that they all had after about eight months worth of clinical work. And it was fabulous to see what it is that she knew and was capable of doing. Um, So we put her through a number of assessments and then quickly identified where there were gaps. And Mm -hmm. then I could go through the aquifer cases and say, gosh, that one covers this great. And with this little tweak or this little discussion, we can um, work on building that out. Or this other case really helps me figure out how to introduce her to pediatrics again because she hadn't seen or cared for a kid in that eight-month time period. It, it really gave a tremendous repertoire of authentic cases that were safe to walk through with a student, safe to push the student's skill envelope, and then really allow them to have some time afterwards to self-reflect. So I'm going to delve for specifics here. To bring this 
returning student up to speed, you wanted to identify the gaps. Did you just happen to know every case or is there a tool in Aquifer that you can refer to that would enable you to say, oh, here's a gap and now I can find this case? The search, the search function in Aquifer does let you pull out specific features of the different cases mm -hmm. that can help you target the skills where there are gaps. So when we um, assessed her oral presentation skills, for example, we saw that she was competent in presenting cases that were emergent adult undifferentiated problems. But the moment that we asked her to delve into wellness for kids, she stumbled. So that let me search pediatric cases, ones that were focused on wellness, and pull four or five of those for her to review and then to have some self-reflection. So the search feature in Aquifer really allows you to target the specific cases they're easy to digest as well. So even in cases that I would say I was unfamiliar with, it was quick and simple for me to review them and see what pieces were going to be helpful. You, you talked a little bit about reflection. Were there other ways that you reviewed what she had done to bring herself up to speed? Yes, we, we created um, expectations that included deliverables. Perhaps they were oral presentations, perhaps they were written presentations. Um, sometimes they were written reflections. And then we diversified a group of faculty. I think there were about three or four of us who sat down with her after she had digested the cases and then just prompted her with some simple questions about what did you learn? What surprised you? What um, do you still have questions about? And how are you going to approach answering those questions? And even just those four questions really helped her begin to think differently about lifelong learning after this gap. Yeah, it's a template for lifelong learning. I see. Okay. Mm -hmm. That was a great example of a student who's coming back from leave and has to be brought up to speed. Do you have an example of a student, say, in a more classic remediation situation? Absolutely. Um, let me share a little bit about another one of our students who struggled, particularly in the care of children. Um, still not entirely sure what made the the bump in the road for this particular student as he was caring for children. Um, but it was very clear that something interrupted their comfort with uh, talking to kiddos and thinking about caring for kiddos. So as soon as that came to light, which was only about three months into our year-long longitudinal integrated clerkship, I partnered with the other faculty who work on the care of kids. So number of family docs and pediatricians. I think there were three of us in that small working group. We, again, pulled a number of aquifer cases. We also reminded the student of their library resources around pediatrics, so making sure that they had um, easy access to Harriet Lane and, and some of the other pediatric textbooks. And then we created more of a longitudinal skills development plan for this student. So instead mm -hmm. of the intense work that we did um, for a student who was returning to the clinical environment after a leave, 
This was more side-by-side with the clinical experience of seeing authentic patients. So we signed a case every week. And then with that case came um, a set of expectations for deliverables. Most of those deliverables were clinical questions that we wanted the student to then go cite some literature about Mm -hmm. or cite um, textbook information about. Um, a lot around development, a lot around speech um, and language development, immunization schedules, wellness schedules, uh, the anticipatory guidance piece that that this student was really struggling with and was really having a hard time figuring out what what resources. Because we did just an assignment a week, a case a week, brought that student up to speed within about two months. And then they were really doing excellent and feeling a lot more confident feeling much more comfortable with their authentic patient care experiences. You must feel really good about that. (laughs) It was fun. It was very fun to recognize that some of our students are going to have for a variety of reasons, an area of discomfort with a patient population like caring for kids and having something low stakes like an aquifer case for them to dive into and get their feet wet and get in the nitty gritty of, okay, is this child's language on par? How do you know? What questions would you ask to figure that out? And it'd be a low stakes environment where they don't actually have to do that in front of a a child or or the adults who love them. It is really, really powerful. Um, And it really helps the student then figure out, oh, is this a lack of what lived experience or is this something, why does this intimidate me? And how do I, how do I push through those things that I find uncomfortable, which I think is a bigger, a bigger part of what you see in targeted skills development across the clinical years. But it sounds also like you're just excited about the notion of having flexible pathways that is an area of passion of mine, yes. And I'm excited <laughs> that it that it resonates through this conversation. I come from a rural background. I'm a first-generation student. I went through a BSMD program in the Midwest in my training, and I struggled because no one was like me. I didn't know how to approach much of the information. And I frequently felt left behind and not safe in saying, these are my weaknesses. These are my gaps. This is where I need to focus. And so it has been a passion of mine to get creative about who is belonging in this space of becoming a physician and how do we connect the evidence we know about students' backgrounds and lived experiences to the outcomes that we're hoping to create, which at Elson S. Floyd College of Medicine, we are absolutely focused on ensuring access for all Washingtonians and really focused on those areas of underserved across our state. And, and that for me is this perfect alignment between thinking about my biases, my lived experience of, of being a mom and needing to take time off to have children and having a different sort of network of support and a, and a different trajectory going into medicine. And what are the things that would have made things more accessible for me along that route? And that when you sort of take the, the pathway can be circuitous, the pathway can have on and off ramps and bridges and bumps in the road and areas where they have to yield and delay and speed up. 
And that can then really open the door for accessibility for a lot of different folks in medical education. An aquifer feels to me like a Montessori playground where it's accessible, it's safe to touch it, it's okay if you break it, it's okay if you bend the narrative. That is just huge fodder for allowing my students and and the learners that I get to work with to practice, to try. And it's okay if they mess it up because it's not, it's not a real patient that they're going to hurt. And so the safety of being able to not be afraid is really what I think is powerful in that aquifer space. I love that metaphor. And I love the way that you're really centering the margins. There's nothing extraordinary about a woman who has a child when she's in her 20s. <laughs> right, exactly. Yeah, and, extraordinary yeah. about, you know, a, a, a first-generation immigrant who grew up on a farm workers community who has dual language capacity in moving through the path towards becoming a physician. At this point, what do you think are the most important key things um, that you'd want to share with other educators about this targeted learning approach? I think the, the most important piece is to help my fellow faculty value that gaps in learning, whether they're temporal gaps or their skills gaps, um, shouldn't be a reason to hold students back from their development in their medical education. We used our, our own workplace-based assessments, our own knowledge tests, everything that we would use for our students at that level. We just made them zero stakes or no stakes or all just formative. You don't have to have a different tool of remediation or target skills development. And Aquifer gives us a safe playground to try those skills out and work on those skills, no matter what the interruption might be, whether that interruption is life or there is an area that needs remediation. Aquifer is just this beautiful, safe place to allow students to play with cases and play with patient care in a really safe way. And you can tailor it. You can, you can um, add expectations or add features to the case that help you really focus on what the students' needs are in a very individualized way. Well, Jamie, you've given people both uh, important metaphors to think about, uh, um, mm-hmm. reasons to really consider using this approach to, to diversify their student populations. I, I think everything you said is so valuable, and I, I really appreciate your sharing it all with oh, me. Thank you, Lynn. I I find this work to be incredibly gratifying and really, really fun. The connections that you get to make with students and the development that you get to appreciate when you're doing this kind of work is definitely a soul-filling work for me. So I'm, I'm glad to share it with everyone. Thanks for joining us this week for Aquifer's Educator Connection Podcast. I hope you enjoyed today's discussion about using aquifer cases for remediation and providing targeted skills development. Show notes from today's episode with additional links and resources are available on aquifer.org. There, you can also find information about our podcast series, our Teaching Perspectives in Pearls blog, and our webinar and web shops. You can subscribe and listen to the series 
on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, or wherever you get your podcasts. And you can follow us on Twitter to keep up with the latest news. While you're at it, if you found value in the podcast, tell a colleague and leave us a review. Until next time, be well. The Aquifer Educator Connection Podcast is a product of Aquifer, your trusted source for clinical learning. It is produced and hosted by Lynn Robbins. The show's executive producer is Eileen Olszewski. Audio editing and mixing by Matt Perkins. Show artwork by Carrie Waters. Our theme music, Little Idea, is written and performed by Scott Holmes. For more information, please visit our website, www.aquifer.org.